Welcome to Tales of Existence with me, Daniel Savage. A small man asking the big question, what does it mean to exist? Each week I have a guest create their own fictional tale of existence through the medium of what I like to call a tale baby. You'll understand if you listen. It's episode three now. You should get it. It's not. It's episode four. Fuck's sake. Anyway, this week, I have Paul Williams, a friend who works in sales brackets software and currently lives in that London that everyone goes bloody on about. His favourite river is the Trent. This episode was recorded during lockdown, so if Paul sounds like he's speaking from down the telephone, it's because he is. If you want to find out more about Paul or Tales of Existence, then check out the podcast description for all the links. Right, that's the intro. It's time to find out this week's Tale of Existence. See ya! Hello, Paul. Good to have you on the podcast. Cheers, mate. I'm excited for it. Yeah. I'm also a bit nervous, actually. Nervous about speaking to your mate, Sav? Well, welcome to Tales of Existence. How, how does it feel uh, bringing new life into the world, then? I've grown some plants. Okay. So, in a way, that's the level of experience, I suppose. So I guess first things off, what type of tail baby are you going to bring into the world? Is it going to be human, alien, object, animal, mineral? Mineral. <laughs> <laughs> He's a pyrite. <laughs> yeah, a bit of pyrite knocking about. That's it. It can't love. It can't do anything. <laughs> End of podcast. So I was having to think when you told me what a tail baby was. <laughs> and um, I can't believe I had to explain it. I've had this potentially too weird, like, you know, those like random imaginative thoughts you have as a kid when you start, you know, thinking about, you know, what's heaven and shit like. So one of these thoughts was imagining like when you die, good start, good positive start. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But when you die, you go to this place, place which is essentially heaven-like. And you're met at the gate or whatever. Okay. Um, and you're allowed to see like one snapshot of the past. Right. And basically my thinking, my thinking is like you can unveil the answer to a mystery. So you could find out who shot JFK. Okay. For example, like you could go back and see it. So I was like, well, why don't I use this platform to invent some sort of futuristic human that can just do that as many times as they want. Just like literally time travel back in history. Wow. Plot okay. themselves in any particular situation that they want to and solve a mystery like old JFK. Okay, wow. So so you're creating, your tail baby is a sort of futuristic time traveling human. I think so, yeah. I think okay. So. And what's the name of this tail baby? I think it, it would need to be quite far in the future. Okay. So, I think, I don't know, I guess it would maybe be like, 
genderless. Androgynous. It, may, it would probably have like an andro- androgynous Elon Musk esque name. Like maybe society has evolved to a point where. Okay, so it's. It's like neither male or female, I suppose. Right, okay. So it's asexual, is it? Big time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got an, an asexual, futuristic, time travelling human whose exactly. name. Whose name, what, we can't even pronounce? Well, we, we can. Can just give it a nickname? Say again. Just give it a nickname. (laughs) All right. Let's call it Flump. (laughs) (laughs) Flump. Got to write that down? Yep, got to write that down too. (laughs) Old Flumper. Oh, Flumper. (laughs) Okay. Probably Davis as well as a surname. Flump Davis. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds like a mad jazz musician. Old Flump Davis. Flump Davis. <laughs> but he's from the year 3000 and he can time travel. So yeah, my impressions are good. I'm so, I, I can't picture him... I think they probably look like a flump. Oh. <laughs> 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 Flump like Davis. A... <laughs> Flump Davis, who looks like a flump. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like marshmallow eater. Time travelling marshmallow flump. Lovely stuff. And is there a specific place that you would like Flump to be born in? Um, where, where were you born? Wrexham. Wrexham. Are you, were you going to stick him Welsh? Well, continuing the thought process of it being so futuristic, he's probably going to be born in some sort of laboratory petri dish somewhere. But the, where is the? But petri where's dish? the lab? Yeah, good question. That's got. It's got to have a location still. Uh, so probably Kent. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's 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 go let's go Wrexham. He can be born where I was born. It turns out it's a him as well. Okay, <laughs> so we're learning lots now. We're learning lots as we go on. Um, so how was Wrexham growing up for you? Would you recommend it to others? or? So I, I was thinking about this as well, because obviously I listened to the first podcast. Yeah. And I don't want to sound cliche, but kind of realised that I just had a really nice and lucky upbringing. As I say, without sounding cliche about it. Great family, big family, lots of friends, enjoyed school, enjoyed sports, and never really got into any bother, I suppose. It's also interesting that as soon as you've asked that, I, my brain is like, okay, well, what negative... He's asking about what negative things maybe happened. Cool, so what were your dreams growing up in, in Wrexham? Apart from dying and finding out who shot JFK. The <laughs> 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 very specific. <laughs> yeah, well, although it's going on about dying, I thought, I remember going to Sunday school um, and being told one week about heaven mm-hmm. and thinking, oh, that's brilliant. It's so good. Yeah. And then the I think that was obviously on the Sunday. And then on the Monday, my... Um, my mum told me this a couple of years ago that I was walking. She picked me up from school, 
and I must have been, I don't know, eight or nine, and I was walking home from school with her, and I just walked into the middle of the road and lay down. <laughs> really? <laughs> she was like, I mean, it was back in the 90s, so there were, the, the cars weren't that busy, and it was a local school, so it wasn't like I jumped into the middle of the motorway or anything. She's like, why did you do that? And I was like, well, on Sunday I learned about heaven, and I thought, well, what are we doing here? Just skip to that bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's interesting though like did you not have any of those I assume everybody does when you're quite young and imaginative and you know you're learning about stuff and you'd never know that this was what you were doing but you have these kind of like existential thoughts about you know like your imagined version of heaven and then you just come up with little like niche or what turned out to be quite clearly niche (laughs) (laughs) little like little thought thought branches from it yeah Apart from lying in the, or was your extent of thinking about heaven trying to kill yourself? <laughs> <laughs> it was just immediately, oh, now I know about heaven, see you in a bit. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> so yeah, po- post the uh, getting to the afterlife, what was an ambition for you as a child? <laughs> I just really wanted to be a footballer when I was growing up. Classic. Again, I'm probably not going to word the use cliche in the rest of this conversation, because I think what's becoming quite clear is... I've lived quite a cliched life. <laughs> You're a walking cliche. Oh, God, what am I doing? Really wanted to be a, a footballer. Like, I remember playing, playing with my local like local team, which I played for up until, like, under-14s, under-15s. Just being really determined to try and become a footballer. One, because I wanted to, and two, because I was really small, or still am quite small. There's like this proving them wrong motivation, okay. which, and, which and I guess I've always had. Just, just, just so uh, everyone knows, um, are you a professional footballer right now? Yes, I am. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were right all along. Um, probably when I realised definitively I wasn't going to make it was when it was probably when I had my first training session with you at university. <laughs> And I was like, Christ, if this guy... Okay, this is putting, like, the past 18 years into perspective. Okay. (laughs) When I turned up and fell over the ball, you went, yeah, "Yeah, if I'm in with this guy, (laughs) it's probably not going to happen. I'd probably, like, accepted at 15, 16 years old that, that it was highly unlikely. Because that was the age, really, where, you know, you're not small anymore. Like, you've hit puberty, like, you're... Speak for yourself. Yeah, you've, you've developed a little bit more, and I was I was still quite small at that age. And actually, a very particular memory when I was playing under 18s, I was playing for a team who played in the Welsh National League, a team called Kevin Druids. There was quite a few players in the squad who used to play for Wrexham, who I'm a big fan of. Okay, that I used to go watch when I was younger, and I was like, oh my god, like this is <laughs> playing amazing. with my parents. <laughs> exactly. Well, and there was one particular player, a guy called Martin Chalk. And he was a right winger, also quite small. I remember having his um, name and number on the back of my Arexma away shirt. When oh, I was, okay. Like, 10 years old. Oh, wow, okay. I was like, oh my God, I'm like playing with Martin Chalk. And I remember one training session, he was talking to me about like when I receive the ball, like have a look over your shoulder so you know what's behind you, so you can know where you can turn, blah, blah, blah. And um, I just couldn't, couldn't do it, like couldn't quite get the coordination to do it. And that was. That was like a real tangible realisation of where my ability was lacking. Yeah. Okay. 
Cool, so with um, Flump Davis then, you seem to have already given him the sort of job as a sort of uh, mystery solver. So is he in some sort of police force, futuristic police, or is he an independent sort of investigator? I think we're looking more Jonathan Creek sort of vibe. Oh, okay, right. But I don't know whether he's a mis... He is a mystery solver, but I don't know if he's there to then... Or if he's able to then share what he solves with everyone. I think it might be more of just uh so you like go to, you know but well, fuck it, I'm gonna say it. Go back go to Spain that time when Maddie was kicking around and then just uh, <laughs> Wow. Okay And then just like stand on the sidelines, big flump just this swimming pool and the flump just, just soaking goes, up all the water. <laughs> yeah. And the flump just goes Huh. Is that too hard to get your head around? <laughs> just a giant flump. Welsh. Yes. Who, uh, you know, finds out what happened in the past. I'm quite attached to him already, actually. Yeah, he's just That's like nice. a quite laissez-faire quite relaxed guy that just goes you know what I'm going to go and check this out and then he does and he learns about it and then he comes back yeah. I know the vibe of this whole thing that you're doing is you ask me stuff yeah however go on I'm up you for were, it if you were Flump Davis because I guess he is a vehicle to go oh what would I go see if I was Flump well that's my next question but you can also ask me that if you want already have <laughs> <laughs> So where would I go back with Flump if I could check and solve something? Yeah. Um, well, not even not even solve something. Perhaps we're... we're just to confirm something. Admit, maybe like... I don't know, pyramids? Yeah. You know you can go them. see them now. I've seen them, mate. Ah, well, you loved them that much. <laughs> I want to see them being built. Living a thousand years in the future, given the entire yeah. history of all civilization. I could go to where I'd already <laughs> been. Um, I'd maybe go back further in time before tourism and then just, well, I, I assume massive amount of slavery, <laughs> which, uh, yeah, probably not that good either. <laughs> scrap, all right, scrap the pyramids. I'll go uh, Disneyland 1997. <laughs> So, is there one specific place in the world that you would tell Flump to definitely go and see, regardless of mystery? So, I was, I was half thinking about this as you were answering, because you said you were going to ask me the same question. Yeah. So, I was like, keep him talking, come up with something really intellectual, yeah? Here we go. <laughs> Reveal. Um, but I haven't got one. All right. <laughs> no. No, what I thought was, if, if I could go back to, like, a particular memory, I suppose, again, it's linked with football... Like, the best football match I ever went to was when, how old would I have been? Nine, nine or ten years old. And Wrexham played away to Birmingham City in the FA Cup fifth round. It was, yeah, 1997. We got to the quarterfinals. But I remember going to that game at nine years old. And, like, I still remember, like, the excitement and the emotions and, like, us winning the game and, like, travelling there in, in the car with my dad and my granddad and then... Travelling back with, like, the scarf hanging out of the window. Oh, classic. Yeah, amazing. Just, just you know, lads at the end of the day. <laughs> that's what it was. 
So I'd, I'd quite like Flump to experience that uh, emotion because, yeah, it's just a really happy memory. What's an essential skill for existing that you would recommend he learn? Probably for Flood, like being able to preserve his marshmallowy skin. <laughs> I imagine all that time travel is gonna. <laughs> but does he? Would he just like sort of dress in cling film? <laughs> I'm kind of imagining him like a long, you know, those long flumps that you could get. The big flumps, oh yeah, yeah big flumps. <laughs> but like with um, a suit and a tie on. <laughs> oh, he's a smart flump. Smart so, yeah. flump. He's a smart flump. He's a smart, yeah, smart flump. Posh flump. Mi he's Mr. Flump Davis. <laughs> <laughs> but is there a skill like last week we had uh, learning the guitar was one that uh, was recommended or learning a musical instrument. Um, is there anything that you wish you'd learned sooner or wish that you could do now that that you'd say, oh yeah, that's a good skill to have? Yeah, I'd say probably learning another language, which, okay. without going to the intricacies of flump again, maybe you just can speak all languages immediately. But let's pretend you can't. It does help to have um, boundaries in this, uh, in this thought, <laughs> thought thing. Because otherwise you're just going to say, yeah, it's this thing, he can do everything, and he's been everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> all right, see you in a bit, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> it's this thing that knows it can do anything. So yeah. All right. Ask me whatever you want, mate. So you can do it. <laughs> um, so learning no, I, think, I think learning another language is a skill I don't have, which I wish I have. And I'm frustrated that I can't keep the motivation to do it either. What do you think about it? It is insane to just go anywhere and expect people to be able to understand you. Yeah, and not, even, and not even expect it, demand it in some cases. You just refuse to learn the language. Exactly. But I guess it's just in, ingrained, although this is... Yeah. And it is, it is effort, Paul. It is a lot of effort. When, yeah. And when they can just do it anyway, why not? Just do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> You're the lazy one. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that we're getting into Farage territory there. I only learnt German in school, and I've never been to Germany. Yeah, Even I only did French in school, and I think I've been to... went to Paris for, like, two days, and that's it. Yeah, although the rumour was that uh, my German teacher was a stripper, so that was uh, interesting in, in class, at least. Apparently on the last day of school, she told one class that it was true, but again, that is that's an unconfirmed <laughs> rumor. But, but she um, didn't do it in class, then. Oh no, I don't think. I think. She, I think she was an ex stripper. Okay. <laughs> but you were telling me about some incredible rumors that used to go around your school. Well, there was a rumor that uh, a, pr a teacher being pregnant for three years. There was a rumor. There was a rumor that me, my mum, my dad, and my brother all went to the butcher shop to get the same haircut. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 bought what was called a family ticket <laughs> from the butchers, from the butchers and, and he'd just get one of his sharp knives out and just hack away our hair. <laughs> just a really enterprising butcher. <laughs> Not only has he set up a hairdresser's, it's for men and women. Yeah, and he's providing, or she is providing, family tickets. Yeah, family discount. But you'd all have to have the, the same butcher. haircut. It was just one haircut. 
Is, does this flump race, um, does it live forever? How long does it live? Um, or, or what's a good innings for, for life, would you say? I think this, these beings will either live forever or they just choose themselves when, when they're like, you know what, I've, I've seen everything. Oh, so like me um, in the road, they just decide, well, I'm, I yeah. think it's time for me to go to heaven now. Exactly. And then they just turn up in a sweet shop. <laughs> just get eaten. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a death to be choose to be eaten alive. <laughs> Sir Flump Davis is his own man. Oh, he's been knighted, has he now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, this, is the Queen still knocking about? Is she a flump? He is a flump, big time. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, then... uh, I don't know, early 40s. <laughs> so they decide when they die and it's by being eaten alive in a sweet shop yeah and it has to be in the early 40s <laughs> and it has to be they get to choose but it has to be in the early 40s uh -huh. 42 put 42 if you write it okay down. so specifically 42 now yeah for, for flump davis Will Flump find love? Uh, now, is it important to find love? Have you found love? Just talk about love, Paul. <laughs> talk about love. Um, so, I found this an interesting question when I listened to the last podcast. And, like, your response to it quite interesting. Because, actually, the question is, is the Flump going to be in a relationship? Yeah. Because... Like, when I was listening to it, you were like, oh, I haven't found love. And obviously you didn't mean this. And I was like, Sam, you are loved without being, <laughs> you know, like yeah. romanticising it or not understanding that what you're actually talking about. Sure. So I think Flump is loved if he's living up in Wrexham in the same circumstances as me, because yeah. I certainly am. Mm -hmm. um, Relationship-wise, top shagger. <laughs> okay, add that to him. He can have his pick of... Any man or woman throughout the entire history of civilization. Oh, oh well, because people clearly love flumps. Put them in the mouth. <laughs> so he's getting popped in there all the time. And when he dies, you're, the question previous to this, he chooses <sighs> the person that he loves most. That's how you ultimately show love as a flump. Wow. By deciding who's going to eat you. Great. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe, maybe to make the narrative even a little bit more beautiful, maybe we scratch the 42 early 40s and... Okay, edit that again. <laughs> <laughs> and a, a flump dies at the point where they feel like they found their soulmate. Oh, so he, they get... He says... Because he's, he's been popped in and out of mouths his whole life. Yeah. And then he gets popped in one and he thinks, this is it, this is the this one. Is the and he just shouts... Bite me! <laughs> and then that's it, gone. And then gets gobbled up. Gobbled. Exactly. Wow, okay, lovely stuff. How are you, how are you planning to fill up the rest of your existence then, Paul? What have you got uh, that you want to achieve? Uh, what goals have you got set? Or are you pretty content as it is? Um, I think I am... Um... Quite content. 
but maybe getting to the point where I'm getting like comfortable. Okay. So I haven't, I haven't really got an answer, but it's not that I haven't thought about it. So I'd say like since leaving university, I've been really happy, set goals, hit goals, feel like I'm uh, existing quite well. And I think now in my early 30s, I am searching for something a little bit different. Again, without sounding cliche, um, <laughs> but I don't know what that is yet. I guess one of the, one of the things I'm quite happy with is the fact that I am happy and comfortable with the fact that I don't know what it is I want to do. Okay, you're not fretting about it. You just how are you going about finding that, or what sort of ways are you just waiting for something to happen, or are you trying no. new hobbies, trying new things to see what sparks your interest, or yeah, the latter. So. You know, I'm lucky because I live down in London and you can basically just go and expose yourself to literally anything Excuse you want. me? <laughs> just whip the boy out <laughs> and see how your oh, yeah. future is. I imagine your future is probably in prison if you can yeah, do that. Probably. I've been getting like properly back into sports. So I had to stop playing football about four, four years or so ago. I hadn't really picked up another sport that I was passionate about since then. Yeah. But past six months or so I've got really into running which I'm which I'm enjoying but then yeah also just exploring other things so like I did a, a psychotherapy course last year because oh, wow. that intrigued me yeah I was like okay let's go and learn more about it I've been doing quite a bit of volunteering this year like if I did have to answer the question I'd say it would be like leaning more towards like the, the charity sector in some shape or form okay or just being more tangibly tangibly a difference that I'm able to make, even if that's small. Yeah. I kind of understand now that that could be quite small. Whereas perhaps when you come out of university, you know, you want to change your bar is maybe too yeah. high. <laughs> <laughs> so I still don't know what it what it is, and like I appreciate how lucky I am really to be able to kind of continue doing a job that I do also enjoy, whilst also having a having a look around yeah. and it not needing not having like this finite time frame or finite pressure that I need to decide by. Would you like me to read your your tale of existence back to you? I think you better have because I don't know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've got a Mr Flump Davis who is a marshmallowy character um, with a suit on. okay yeah you've got him in your head he's from a futuristic race of uh flumps Mm -hmm. who knock about traveling through time not necessarily solving mysteries but kind of being almost a a historian uh, and going back and just seeing exactly what happened when you'd want him to definitely visit Birmingham away for Wrexham and uh, getting in your granddad's car and yeah. putting his flag out. My window. dad's car. Oh, your dad's car. Sorry, but was your granddad there as well? Yeah. Okay, I did listen properly. <laughs> <laughs> One essential skill uh, would be to learn a language, mm-hmm. um, but you are too lazy. <laughs> Finally, did we? Did we get? Oh yeah, that was right. Sorry, I, there was a lot of changing on how long he lived. <laughs> so it I'm just, was. I'm just. But... I've, it was beautiful. Yeah, it was beautiful. So I'm going to try and make this as beautiful as possible. Thank you, Sam. So, the Flumps, uh, Flump Davis, 
he is, by all accounts, a top shagger. And because of this, and because he is a flump, um, he gets popped in the mouth of loads of different people. And how he dies is he chooses exactly when he dies, um, when he's popped in the mouth of someone that he loves. And he then gets eaten alive, but in a sexy way. From what I can gather from our conversations, uh, existence is a lot about happy being comfortable with not knowing and um, about being able to learn and to discover new things, being able to make a mark, ideally at some point in life, but not necessarily having the bar set so high that it's sort of unreachable, but that there are smaller ways that you can make an impact. I think that's really nicely put. Just that, yeah, perspective, I suppose, is the word that came to mind. Perspective. You were uh, narrating it back to me. And I think that is something that, well, certainly I've learned as I've become older, like since university, really. Yeah. Well, I guess Flump is, has the ultimate perspective if he's a time traveller, because he can go back and revisit things and see, maybe that's something that's subconsciously come out in, in your... In your story, then um, maybe I'm a flump. Maybe you're the flump. Paul, thanks so much for joining me on Tales of Existence. Um, I I hope that's been a of a good a good time. Um, if you have you got anything else to add or anything else to say or anything to I sell, think, I think we've been very productive in imagining a future civilization. And I think we need to get it out in the public consciousness early doors so we can start evolving towards flumps <laughs> as quickly as possible. Okay, the Project Flump is, is started <laughs> right here, right now. Brilliant. Well, um, thanks so much, Paul. Thanks for your tales of existence. Finally, I've got, I do have one more question for you. Yeah. Um, is it soup or would you prefer lard? Wait, give me the options again. Uh, soup or lard? Soup. Soup. Yeah. Always soup, isn't it? Always soup. Great, Paul. All right. Bye, mate. Speak to you soon. See you, Sam. Pleasure. Take care. Love you. <laughs> Leaving that in? No. Go on, do it. That's just for you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, cheers, mate. I thought that was uh, that was some good stuff. Yeah, I hope so.